Well, let's let's pray and see if I can hit the right button this week. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time, Lord. We thank you for this platform, and we thank you for the material that you've given us uh, to just fellowship, Lord, and to go over the journey of Paul that we're in the middle of. And I pray that you just guide us. You guide us through this conversation. You guide us through this study, and you guide us through the fellowship, Lord. And we just pray for each and every one of our listeners, Lord. We ask that you just fill them in the same way that you have filled us in this conversation and in this Bible study. And Lord, I just want to take a quick moment to pray over the issue that's going on in in Israel. Lord, I just pray that uh, you cover your plan, Lord, and you cover the innocent people over there. And however this plays out, Lord, I just pray that uh, your will is done over there, Lord. We just thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the In Faith Podcast, where we get to fellowship and just study God's Word and be blessed enough to have this recorded and aired out for people to listen to, and it's just uh, it's an amazing time. Um, before we get started, I do want to let everybody know that we have a special guest with us this week. Our daughter, Kira, is coming back from um, college and is here for the weekend not a uh, not a long time, but a little bit of time to, I guess, ease that. Uh, what do you call? What would you call it? That anxiety of her being gone. Yeah, she's halfway through the semester. She's halfway through the semester, so this is uh, her fall break. So we're just happy to have her home. And for those of you listening, it, this isn't uh, one of those normal stories, where, you know, where the kid goes off to college and. Yeah, I'm sure it's hard for every parent, but, you know, in our home, we, we've tended to be um, kind of, we've, we've kept our, our home kind of private and, and uh, tight knit. So to have her gone in another state is different for all of us, including you, right? Yeah, it's tough. I don't know. I was just excited to come back. I mean, we thought a few days at church camp was bad enough and now we're going you know weeks and months with her in a whole nother state and instead of you know 25 30 minutes down the road yeah it was definitely <laughs> an adjustment i had only been gone for a week um the longest ever was only a week i've been gone before so it was a really big adjustment yeah well and i gotta say we're we are really happy and relieved that uh a lot of the things, at least from my standpoint, a lot of the things I thought I would fear with her going off to college in another state and just college in general, you know, coming from a, a Christian household and and trying to um, establish that even it, from my perspective a little later on in life than I would have preferred looking back on it now. Um, I thought we would be worried about the temptation out there and and the temptation in college and things of that nature. But I mean, she's been 
doing really well. She she found a church. Um, it is kind of far. How far is it from where you live? I think it's about twenty minutes. Twenty minutes. Yeah. So not too bad. Um, but she, my car. She, she she did find a church that's, out there. That's we, by expensive foot. Expensive drive. Twenty minutes by foot. <laughs> twenty minutes by car. We've been Ubering her yeah. because we wouldn't let her take her car out to to college, and we're like, oh, everything's going to be on campus. You're not going to need it. Um, what? So there was a a group. Was that on campus, the church group, or did you find that within the yeah. church? So I was walking um to one of my new to one of my classes, and these two women were walking on the sidewalk next to me going the opposite way and they had stopped me and I kind of just like like smiled and like threw my hand up to acknowledge them and I went to go continue walking and they stopped me so they asked me if I would be interested in learning more about God and I was like well actually I'm Christian like they had offered me a bible I was like I have three of those I'm Christian and they had told me that they have a church about five minutes away from campus and they invited me to their church and then gave me their phone numbers as well. So did you end up going to that church at all or not yet? I have not. They actually um, got a hold of me. They left me a voicemail while I was here to okay. come this Sunday, but I'm like, I'm not going to be back till um, late Sunday night. So so then yeah. when you get back, that seems like a lot more convenient than the 20-minute Uber. Somebody yeah. wants to save on Uber. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really picky when it comes to churches, though. Yeah, you you got to be... It's yeah, gotta the be one we to went to, yeah. we've been to a couple times because we went when we visited the school and then we went when we moved her down there. And it has an amazing worship team. Um, it was suggested to us by a family friend. Is that the one on campus? or is No, that the that's one the one that's, that's she, far away. Okay. But, I mean, she hasn't been to that one. I know she's been wanting to just go and visit. So maybe when she gets back, that's something new she could do. Check out, check out a new church, and I mean, see. it's in walking distance. Yeah, that's true. I don't mind Ubering you though. <laughs> when it's cold, yeah. Does it snow at all in New Mexico? Um, in I know for a fact it snows uh, a couple inches in Santa Fe, but in Albuquerque, everybody told me it doesn't snow. Really? Hmm. Yeah. It, if it does, it's like sleet, and then it'll melt yeah, yeah. by afternoon, and then freeze overnight. So there's a lot of ice, but no snow. Like, Sounds like it. Colorado. No, it snows a lot here. <laughs> I so I remember in college I was not a believer, but at least in deep East Texas where I went to college, there was a Baptist student union, probably on every college campus there, and I went there because you could get free food on Wednesday night <laughs> at the Baptist yeah, she's student union. Yeah, been to one of them. Uh, what yeah, is it called? Christian um, at UNM. They have a like little building. Uh, um, across the street from my apartment complex, actually. So it's technically off campus. But I visited them on Wednesday because they have barbecue Wednesdays that you get free food. Okay. And then they have worship afterwards. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I'm very picky. So I wanted to check it out. And I liked the people, but the worship was, I didn't like it. And that's how I connect with God. That's how I get most of my, that's how I fill my cup, basically. That's how I connect with God spiritually is through worship, not necessarily through Bible study or through reading the Bible, but mostly through worship. And it was a little aggravating because I went and they had what they call acapella worship. And it was just them singing words on a screen. They didn't have any no music, no instruments, no nothing. And they had the ability to do that because they had speakers playing music while we were eating. It was just kind of a choice. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like it too much, but I liked the people. They were nice. 
So, was this Church of Christ? No, that, they were weird. Christian. Well, yeah. I know. I'm just, but it's there just are like a group. There are some yeah. Christian groups that, um, for some reason, they don't believe in using musical instruments um, in worship. I don't really understand it. I mean, certainly all through the Old Testament, you hear about trumpets and cymbals and uh, harps and everything else being used mm-hmm. in worship. So uh, I don't understand it. But there are some groups that do that. I mean, they're actual Christians, yeah. uh, but they don't use musical instruments in their worship. Yeah, the church we went to visit a few times um, is called Sagebrush Church. Oh, yeah, you want it's a really it. big. Yeah, it's a really big church. Isn't there? Um, are they in Denver also? It, it's kind of like um, what's that? Kind of like the Calvaries. Yeah, how they have Calvary. like different churches around. Yeah, yeah, but this one that we went to. I know there's two separate ones in Albuquerque alone. So it's yeah, there's a couple bigger. of them. But I go to the huge one. It's like a concert in there. They have like smoke and lasers and lights. And nice. Stuff. It is like a concert for <laughs> sure. Is. It was pretty awesome. I'll give it that. So you're like holding your phone. Sounds like on. a good time, yeah. It was. <laughs> we were learning about when pigs fly. Mm. Um, that's what the sermon title was called. And it was just talking about um, when I went the last time. It was talking about how mo- like most teenagers get a bad rep and stuff. But some of us are pretty great. Like he was talking about Malala. And he brought it into the teenagers that go to the church. And talking about how... We're good people too. Just because we're teenagers doesn't mean we're horrible people and just stuff like that. And he was kind of speaking mostly to the teenagers. Nice. That's pretty cool. So, what about? Let's get get into a little bit of the journey. So we know because of how often you guys talk every day, but how how was the adjustment? not just for the first time being out on your own and living on your own. I mean, you're, you kind of went into an adjustment of now even having to kind of share a room with, with other people, which you're not used to. Yeah. I mean, for the first couple of weeks, it was fine. Um, it kind of just felt like an extended vacation and hadn't really set in that I was going to be there for a while. Um, it kind of helped that my roommate and I were, like, we got along at first. And, like, she brought her friends over and they became my friends <laughs> at first. <laughs> wow. Um, So we, we kind of all hung out in a group, but right now we're not really getting along. and I don't think we ever will again, but that's a different story. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, it, it kind of just felt like it was an extended vacation. didn't feel like I was going to be there for a while. And then a couple weeks ago it set in and I was like, I... <laughs> well, and I think God can do amazing work, so we can just pray that maybe uh, their hearts get softened and, you know, whatever's going on out there. But, you know, at the same time, too, you know, you got to remember why you're there. And your mom, I know your mom's said it to you guys all the time. You know, when you're when you're going to school, you're going to school to learn and, and accomplish that and not necessarily to please everybody else or make make a bunch of friends. That's all a plus. I think to be able to make friends, but, but then again, I think it's incredible that you're getting to experience, um, the difference, you know, between, you know, being a young Christian and then trying to, you know, make friends with those that are pretty much still in the world, you know, they're, I know they, 
they party a lot every weekend, well, you know, and, and things of that nature. During but the week. It's It's been... Every Thursday. It's been great <laughs> that you have made some friends and met some people who were in the church. Well, it's, it's hard because I can't... Usually I'm able to keep my schooling, my home life, and my friends a separate thing. Mm-hmm. Except for, obviously, with Ashley, she's family. But with them, I have to go home and she's there. So any problems that we have separately, it's home. It, it's brought home. And it's not great to have the animosity in a place where I'm supposed to be comfortable and where I'm supposed to be able to just be myself. Right. So here we are studying Paul. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just listening to this thinking, hmm. Missionary journey. Um, yes. Off to college, yes. you know. I was just about to say, you know, Where, maybe God put you there for a reason, and right now you're not seeing the reason, you're seeing the clash. I but he's going to use that light within you to maybe work some of his uh, his will. Paul had some clashes. A couple. A few. <laughs> well, and Jesus even talked about sending us out to, firstly, Jerusalem, right? Right there. Boom. In your home. Uh, Judea, a little further out, and the Samaria, off into like another state, another country, another area, you know, and then after that, into the into the earth. But kind of kind of seems like you're in Samaria right now, where there there is animosity. You know, like you think of the the Jews and the Samaritans, uh, plenty of animosity there between them, and their ways weren't same they were different it's hard to uh to meld those things together yeah and i think that's part of the you know the lesson that's being taught is that you have this light about you you know you are god's child i mean we all are but you have that light about you and you're going into that dark place right now and you gotta shine bright and you know i try to stress a lot of you know that I'm here for you, here to, for you to talk to, but a lot of it is you're going to be tested. You're going to be uncomfortable because you both aren't like-minded. But at the end of the day, you aren't friends. You're roommates. So you don't have to, you know, go where they go, do what they do. You just have to live together, basically sleep in the same room. But you have your own life where you can go and come as you please. You know, and invest in, stay busy. Invest in going to all these Bible studies. You know, go to worship, go to church more than once a week. You know, find your own group of friends, like-minded people, and, you know, enjoy that time in college like you should be. Because, you know, worrying about just one person or, being stressed about just one person when that college is so big and it's your, you get to explore. It's your term, time to explore. So just kind of letting your independence, no, I don't have to deal with this. So I'm going to go and I'm going to go do something else. I don't want to do what you're doing. So I'm going to leave, you know, and that's okay. It's a hundred percent. Okay. And I'm going to tell people they should use the piano. When they're having worship. <laughs> right? You know, I mean, you came from, from church that you were on the worship team. So maybe finding people that want to worship together. You know, maybe starting a worship club. Or maybe just, you know, finding people on, you know, Snapchat. You use those 
you know, social media platforms and find people that, hey, who wants to start a worship team? Who wants to meet on certain days or certain nights? And let's just sing. Let's just worship together. Then you have a whole new group of friends and they're all like-minded. Feel free to lead us anytime. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. I mean, they're all great suggestions, right? You're halfway done. Halfway down of the semester. Yes. I want to be done. <laughs> did, did you take midterms already? I didn't have any, actually. Whoa. Yeah. That's yeah. good. That's a good thing. So here's what blew my mind. They, okay, so when she signed up to go to college saying, this is what I want to major in, this is what I want my degree in, she's taking none of those classes right now. Well, but well, yeah, it's yeah, her freshman year. Yeah, yeah. So they're trying to get me caught up on I need to be at a le- every the level that they want all freshmen to be at, basically. So any they make me take a prereq test before I even sign up for any classes, mm. and then they tell you these are the classes that you need to take to be on the level that we need yeah. you, and yeah. then we'll give you classes. Those are remedial classes, English yeah. and mm-hmm. history and math and all but that I am, stuff. Yeah. I am taking one class for my um, criminology degree. I'm taking sociology, so that's the only class I have really. I don't think I took anything from my major in my first semester. You almost got to build up to it because those college classes like are hard. The designated ones like that are focusing on Well, it's like they try to weed you out at first. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely try to steer you like, oh, this is what college is about. Nothing about what you're coming for. (laughs) You just got done doing all of your science, math, and English in high school well guess what you're right back at it i remember i I was i don't know how far into high school i was at least junior maybe even senior when i first learned that college isn't just studying whatever you're gonna get Mm -hmm. a degree in i was like wait i still have to take english it makes me mad because i'm the one paying for it i don't want to pay for all these extra classes that i don't want like i'm stressing over a writing class right now and i'm a science major it makes no sense whatsoever. You can write about science. <laughs> well, I was on the school newspaper. So I was the editor uh, for the school, high go. school newspaper. I have enough writing. What gets me is skills. I thought, right. I thought you refresh took... those stories. <laughs> <laughs> Save them and use them. Save copy them and paste. Docs, so just copy and paste. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you took the four years of your last four years of prerequisites and you just go into college and That's you're jumping into... What, yeah, <laughs> what you're you're jumping into? What you want to degree a senior, in? I, I should be at that, that level that to... you guys want me. That's right. What the last twelve years was for right. <laughs> like, but unfortunately, high school failed. That's true. There are a lot of di- people They're went really to different good. high schools, different places where they taught different things, and they might not all be at the same level. Correct. That's the problem. So, you think uh, Paul would have an issue with someone saying that? His Judaism was a prerequisite for Christianity. Yeah. Yeah. I know I would because I wouldn't be. <laughs> I think I think pretty much all of them did. Yeah. I think if you look at it from that standpoint, it's fairly understandable why they didn't believe Jesus. Mm-hmm. If he's coming in and saying, hey, I satisfied everything that you've been doing. As far as worshiping God, I've satisfied the need for a temple. You don't need it anymore. Sacrifices, forget it. You don't need those. Done. I'm done and done. It's going to be hard to to accept that. 
Yeah. Maybe not as hard to accept that I have to take English and history and math and stuff when I get back I to college. I refuse to take math. I refuse. <laughs> <laughs> Too much math over right. the last year, 12 years, 13 years. Mm-hmm. You need biblical math. It's biblical 12 or 70. Math. Yes, we like biblical math. I yeah. just need the basic third grade math and I'll live my life. Add and subtract. It's the Divide. biblical math. You just give it to God and he produces. Mm. Just, he multiplies. Right. Can he That's multiply economy. my homework for me? Can you he, want it multiplied? No. Can he Divide do it for it? me? <laughs> right. Subtract. subtract. <laughs> Consume it. Consume it. So I have one more question before we jump into where we left off in Paul's journey. And... This is one even I'm curious about, even though I, I kind of know the direction of the answer. But I want to hear from your standpoint, the the um, temptation factor of, of being out on your own and having to make that decision for yourself on what everyone else is doing and then what what you want to or don't want to do because I do know from just the way that we raised you guys, we had a tendency of, um, we were very transparent, but at the same time we were the shield, you know, we, we weren't that, though, that type of, uh, shielding parent to where we shielded you guys from what's really going on out in the world and didn't want to expose you to it. But at the same time we were very protective so we were selective for sure. Right. So how, how was that adjustment to being out? And of course we're only a phone call away and I know you still call your mom all the time and say, Hey, um, this is what's going on. She you still know, asks you... for permission a yeah, lot of the which time. Which is great. And half the time it's just to go to the store, you know, or go to eat at, at late at night or whatever. But I think it's a, a really nice courtesy wow. so that if she's going out at 11 o'clock to go get something to eat with her friends or whatever, you'd have never known about it. She knows, <laughs> you know, where she's at and can watch. And cause we have the locations on the phone and you can watch to make sure she gets back home safe, whatever. But, um, but she could always leave her phone at home. Well, right. Yeah. But you were never, you, I don't think yeah. we've ever put you in a position prior to college, you know, being out on your own to have to make a decision of these are what, my roommates and friends are doing, um, do I go be a part of that or do I stick to what I, I know and have learned in growing up? Well, I mean, there's a lot of chances for peer pressure. Like in high school, there was a lot of different things that happened that I could have chosen to go a different way. But I feel that I'm a very strong-willed person, so I know what I want to do and what I want my life to be like in the end game, And I know the things that I'm supposed to do and what God wants me to do. So I feel like I stick very closely to those. It's it's just a little hard, um, not necessarily with peer pressure and things like that or temptation, but I want to experience a lot of the things because, like you guys said, you guys were a little, how do I say it? <laughs> like, you guys were protective, protective. of us, um, rightfully so, because of the world that we live in. Like, I know how bad it is because that's the field that I'm going into. Yeah, we honestly didn't let you guys do anything. People. Yeah, yeah. School, home, chores, go to bed. That, like that there was, was no overnight it. sleepovers, exactly. and you're sleeping over with some with a roommate you've never even met. Exactly. And yeah. You, if you actually think about it, that's kind of crazy. I don't know this person, but mm-hmm. um, I think it's just a matter of figuring out myself who I am without my parents, because 
it's really easy to do what I'm supposed to do and what you guys expect me to do when I'm with you. But while I'm gone, I have the ability to make my own choices. And it's a matter of what kind of person do I want to be with myself and the experiences that I want to say that I've had. So, yeah. And also asking you guys for permission is more of like a respect thing. It, it's kind of disrespectful to be like, oh, I'm away from home for one day and I'm going to go do whatever I want. And I'm not going to ask to do anything. Like, And also you guys have my location. So I don't need you guys worrying where I am if you get a notification that I'm out at like mm-hmm. two in the morning. Well, I'm when, going to Taco Bell. <laughs> when you need Oreos, you need Oreos. I mean. <laughs> a Baja Blast is just a walk away. <laughs> I, didn't, I, oh, didn't I hope know. you're not walking in Albuquerque at <laughs> <No. laughs> two in the morning. I'm just no. saying. I didn't even know anything stayed open in Albuquerque past Just the Taco o'clock. Bell. <laughs> just the Taco Bell. <laughs> right. The streets stay open, David, 24-7. Yep, we are on Central. <laughs> but all in all, how are you enjoying the experience as a whole? As a whole, not so much. There's certain things that I like about it. But as a whole, it's not a very enjoyable experience. What do you like about it? I like the aspect of living on my own. Um, being able to make my own choices and knowing that I'm making the correct choices when I have the ability to. I don't like being away from home. I feel like that's the worst part is because I've lived my whole life being very close to you guys. You're a very tight-knit family. And then just for one day for it to like all go away. Overnight. Yeah, overnight. Yeah. So I don't like that. And then... The school, like, school sucks. <laughs> and <laughs> UNM is not the best school out there at all. So it's just that. I like being on my own. But it was That's the it. best school that offered you the most. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you're pretty much but, you're getting a free education. Right. Yeah. It's they the offered best, you a really good school for the money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's really worth all that, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got some things to think about. So stay tuned. Yeah. Stay in prayer. <laughs> Stay in prayer. Uh, a degree from there is um, will help you get a job. So. Yeah, I mean, Tom Hanks went there. Whoa. He yeah. visited. He didn't go there. No, he was a student there. They, he graduated from there. Degree. Mm-hmm. I went to your orientation. And listened. I promise. I know, I she paid $200 extra dollars for you to be there for us I know, to sep- be so separated. <laughs> and well, they didn't even offer me anything. What? <laughs> I will say the feel, the feeling is mutual. I mean, as far as being away, you being away, um, it was a lot to get used to around here. So we're always excited when you come back home. And uh, shoot, oh, you yeah. You guys are traumatizing my dogs the second I leave. No. <laughs> they're traumatizing each other. We had to move their rooms around because they're just not, I don't know. They're not getting along right now. Yeah, it's okay. They're fine now. They're quarantining. Yes, they are. <laughs> I, I think they're feeling your pain. They, yeah, they probably are. They're having some a hard time. Anxiety. Oh yeah, they're Being feeling roommates. some type of way. And yeah, yeah, they miss you too. They do. Animosity amongst the roommates. Right. <laughs> but we all How we all miss leave? you. Yeah, we all miss you. And maybe um, you know having you on the show today may open you know a door we were talking before the podcast that we could always phone you in and things like that but um i think my biggest advice is just to stay in prayer Mm -hmm. because stay in the word you don't want to make a decision that's going to affect the rest of your life based off of uh how you're feeling in that moment or in that season because it could 
not just be a moment and it wasn't a, a, a spontaneous decision. You weren't deciding on impulse, but stay in prayer to know where God wants you. Yeah. You know, because if, if that is where he wants you for the next four years, he'll make a way. He'll make a way. Times are tough right now, but he'll make a way for you to get through it. If he wants you home, if he wants you to come back and go to a different school or enroll online or whatever the case is, there's a there's hundred different avenues for the direction you want to go in your career and in your life. But stay in prayer because you want that to be God-led. Yeah. You know. And we'll keep praying for you too. Yes, always. And I'm sure all the listeners out there will as well. And uh, yeah, just amen. We're happy to have you home. We're happy to have you on the show. And we're really proud of what you've accomplished to this point and what you have still to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And we know you're going to do great. And we're just, we're really thankful that uh, you've kept your, your faith and you've kept your morals throughout this whole time. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to out anybody. um, But for those who, you know, have paid attention, we do have multiple kids. We have four total and every, every one has a different personality is a different person has a, a different way of thinking, has different no, goals in life. <laughs> right. But you know where I'm going with this is yeah. um, I can't say the same about everybody that we can send off into the world and not have to worry about yeah. where your headspace is, where your morals are, what, what decision you're going to make. And if something were to come up, we couldn't confidently say, what would they do? Yeah. You know, and we say, trust oh, your they decision. would make the right choice. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, we know God got you. And honestly, like, when it comes down to it, it's an adjustment for all of us. And like I said, it's only been two months. It feels like a lifetime. It does feel really long. It does. <laughs> trust me. It feels really long, too. Um, it helps that we get to see you and talk to you almost every day. And, but it is, it, it has only been two months. So, it, it could take a while for it to be a, a new norm. So. Well, thank God for Greyhound. <laughs> the Mexican limo. And the Mexican limo. They didn't speak English, but I survived. It was okay. Yep. Those years of working at the daycares helped me. <laughs> <laughs> I've had to learn and listen to Spanish since I was born. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, continuing on in Paul. There we go. Let's bring it back, Steve. Let's bring it back. Continuing on in Paul, or in Paul's journey, I should say, in this series, um, that I think we've, we've pretty much fell into the title of Unhindered Faith, which we'll see later on in the series on why um, Paul's faith was unhindered. But to rewind it back a little bit, he hasn't become Paul yet. That's he, true. He still saw, and where we left off at is... Um, when Jesus spoke to him through what while they were walking to Damascus and um, Jesus spoke to him, they saw a bright light, heard a voice. Jesus asks, why are you persecuting me? And he didn't, Saul didn't know who he was. So he asks, who are you? And then Jesus responds, well, I'm, I'm Jesus, the one you're persecuting. And to sum it up, Paul became blinded. Jesus blinded Paul, or Saul, I should say. And it wasn't until 
Help me out here, Steve. It wasn't until he... So he went to Damascus the uh, after he... Well, it's interesting, too. I'm sorry. I got to back up, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's funny how you were saying where um, as soon as Jesus says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And Saul immediately says, who are you, Lord? He answers in respect. I mean, not just respect, but he refers to him as Lord immediately. So it's like Paul recognized. I mean, he didn't know who he was. He had to ask who he was. But immediately he's saying, who are you, Lord? He's not thinking this is something bad. He's thinking, I don't get this. I don't understand. I don't know what's going on. How could I be persecuting God? I'm defending God right? against so he, these people that are uh, blaspheming him. I mean, he thought Christians were blaspheming. So he knew the voice was coming from the heavens, yeah. and he knew what that white light was, that bright white light. But I think, I think we tend to paint a different picture for Paul when he was Saul. And going through the study kind of opened my eyes a little bit to Saul's character. He thought, you know, he he was very zealous for what he believed in. He was very zealous for the Jewish law. But it just wasn't much like a lot of people. They, they didn't know that Jesus had come to fulfill that prophecy, and they didn't believe that Jesus was that prophet. Because why? Because he was crucified. Right? So that to them, they think, oh, well, he was a false prophet or else he wouldn't have died, not but, realizing that it was the sin he died for, not his crime. And not only that, I mean, Jesus just said, this temple that you're staring at, not a single stone will be left. It'll all be knocked down. It's going to be leveled. They took offense to that. Sure they did. Mm -hmm. That temple, think about the temple. Of course, they had to rebuild it. But the original one that Solomon uh, built, God filled that chamber when they built it mm -hmm. as like an inaugural portion of that. Everyone got out and God filled that chamber and they knew it was God filling it. God was connecting with his people through that temple and that's what they're remembering. So for you to come in and and as far as they're concerned, now it's weird, right? As far as they're concerned, he's disrespecting the temple by saying, hey, this is all going to be torn down and you're not going to worship there anymore. Mind you, Jesus is the one that came in and said, you guys are disrespecting the temple. This should be a house of prayer. And instead, it's a house of commerce, you know, where you're exchanging money and selling goats and sheep and everything else. Um, so it's odd the way what they thought of as wrong. I mean, the main, the important thing to them was this material temple mm -hmm. that was there, that represented to them God with his people. Yet they didn't treat the temple the way God would have them treat it. So it's not only that he died, but it's also that he's saying everything is changing. Um, and Paul's not the only one that doesn't like it when somebody says everything is changing. Um, I mean, I still don't like it that people tell me I'm supposed to be an adult and I have to <laughs> do adult things and I have to pay bills and I have to work and 
spend money on things like soap. What's yeah. up with that? Soap. <laughs> Especially in college, you got a budget. I know. You got an allowance for the week. Right? Not only soap, but like cleaning supplies for your bathroom. Are you kidding me? I, I have to buy money that. On pine saw and I can spend <laughs> it on food. What the heck? I know. Going right? out. Huh? How many Slurpees mm-hmm. could I get with that pine saw money? Baja Blast. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's but, budgeting and priority for sure. And it's got to be extra hard because God did establish that temple. God did establish the sacrificial system. And now it's it's God that's saying it's all changing. But it's hard to recognize that God is saying it's all changing when you feel like you've gotten in to this groove the routine of everything and now it's going to change. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that, you know, there are people that stay with churches that aren't as they were before, you know, where maybe the glory has gone out, you know, maybe the church is dead at this point. I'm just thinking of Revelation, you know, where Jesus talks to what, six different churches Uh that have issues, you know. Um, and, and to begin with, with, the, with those churches, he's like, don't you remember when you first came to know me and how great it was and how glorious it was and when you were a brand new church? And then they got comfortable, you know, and then they're going through the motions. But even if you're someone who's afraid you're at a church is just kind of going through the motions, you're tied in, yeah. you know, if you've gotten connected and that's where your friends are and that's where your life is and everything else, you're tied into it. The Jews were so much more tied in to all, everything that had to do with being Jews. Quite frankly, it was their society, not just their church, not just where they worshipped. It was their entire society that they were tied into. So Jesus coming along and saying everything is changing for you is hard to deal with. Oh, yeah. Kind of a perfect example, huh? I haven't found my groove over there yet. But I come back here and like this is the third day I've been back, isn't it? And I already feel like I'm getting back into the groove of how it used to be when I lived here. I'm like, oh no, it's gonna be another adjustment period when I'm back. Well, don't let your brother get it into your head. You still live here. <laughs> he told me okay. both of your siblings. I was outside in the front yard and he yelled at me, he goes you need to knock when you come in the house. You don't live here anymore. You need to knock <laughs> to be let in. Yeah, right? <laughs> I was like, sir, I used to make this house move smoothly. What are you talking about? She still has a room. I mean, the walls probably, you know, have many holes in it. But, you know, we'll, we, we get it fixed before you come back during Christmas break. We had to find a water line. That's all I'm going to. We're going to leave it there. Wasn't in the wall. It wasn't in the wall, unfortunately. But there was a leak, so it needed to dry out. <laughs> and we didn't want your posters to get ruined. Right. Yes. Oh, Mind you, your sister worked feverishly to uh, make sure your things oh, yeah. were saved. That's crazy. Now I can paint it, Dad. You put a hole in my wall. Now I can paint it whatever color I want. Right. Black. Mm-hmm. Not black. <laughs> we're not going. We'll give you a dark gray. Black with but. glitter. <laughs> yeah, black with glitter. Black to show our college experience. Yeah. Mm. So show my soul when I'm in college. 
her college soul. No. Where's my holy water? <laughs> anointing Brighten oil. Brighten you up there, little. My new anointing Jesus oil name. is Baja Black. <laughs> <laughs> I drink that and become one with God. That centers me. <laughs> too much. That's a drink offering, after all. Right. <laughs> yes. Drink offering. It's like that time Jesus turned water into Baja Blast. Yeah. 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 That's what it should have been. <laughs> right. Yeah. This wine is just so overrated. For real. Unless it's Baja Blast flavored. Steve have gets yet it. to see that. Steve gets it. He's understanding now. <laughs> we'll reel it back. So after um Saul was was blinded after he heard the voice, after he heard Jesus talking to him. Um, he had to rely on, we came to the kind of understanding that, that, you know, Jesus always has a plan behind, you know, what he does. There's nothing's done out of, you know, the, I don't think he blinded Paul out of punishment or anything like that. He, he, or I'm sorry, Saul at this time, he blinded him out of, um, what I believe is reliance, you know, to, to know what it's like to have to rely on not only the people he was traveling with, but to rely on God. And he did end up regaining his sight after he gets to Damascus. And in, in 19, you know, going from 19 on, you know, we can see that the disciples in Damascus opened their hearts and their homes to Saul, who really brought him in. And he soon made his way to the synagogues, proclaiming boldly that Jesus is the Son of God. So now after hearing from Jesus, after talking to him and realizing, what are you looking? Oh, 19. <laughs> David's all like, don't cheat off my nose. Don't cheat. Don't, don't. <laughs> Do your own studying. Mr. I just studied five minutes before be the leader of our household. <laughs> Aren't you supposed to leave me, husband? <laughs> Did you not provide your family with notes? Then the notes. The notes. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I don't know if I have a sound effect for what's going Didn't. on here. There you All go. Right. Anyway, moving on. He so Paul declares or Saul at this point still. I keep. I, I will always refer to him as Paul. I don't think I'll ever. Be able to break that. Can you say Paul, formerly known as Saul? Right. Probably not. Me. I would have to remember that. No, I can't do that. That's too much to remember. But yeah. anyway, he declares that Jesus is the Son of God. And so he makes his way to the synagogues and he proclaims that Jesus is the Son of God. Well, that started to cause some feelings between um, or, or among the Jewish hearers. So they had understood that he hated the name of Jesus, but now he was teaching that Jesus is God. Mm, he's a double agent. So they're yeah, so they're wondering like how could this be? They knew Saul and his reputation. So they were really thrown off when they start to hear that he's proclaiming that Jesus is in fact mm -hmm. the son of God. Yeah. But we also don't know exactly how long he stayed in Damascus. But there was an important note here. So how long he stayed in Damascus on the on the first visit, 
it is unclear. But we do know from Galatians 1.17 that he left Damascus and went to Arabia. He went to Arabia for um, kind of an unspecified length of time and then returned to Damascus. So where where does the trip to Arabia fit into the, the record in, in Acts 9? I don't know, but we've totally skipped over his, <laughs> his, his initial preaching. I guess I was thinking how uh, he, he, once, once he heard from Jesus, once Ananias prayed for him, he was boom. I mean, the next day, he's witnessing. You know, and I think that's part of this. You know, you, you wonder why would Jesus come down and pick someone that was so against his followers? And, of course, Jesus sees the heart of people, and he, and he knows things, you know. And he sees him and he goes, as soon as Paul knows the truth, Paul's going to sling the truth out there to whoever he comes across. Well, That's exactly what he did. He gives off the feeling that he's a very stubborn man. So when he believes in something, yeah. he pushes it as hard as he can. Right. As hard as he could. Um, and he believes in it with all his heart. So when he believed that Jesus was a liar, he pushed it as hard as he could, and he believed it wholeheartedly. But when he saw that Jesus was, in fact, the Son of God, then it completely flipped, and he believed it with all his heart, and he pushed it as hard as he could. Yeah, no, I think you're right, and, and that's kind of that perfect piece that I just lost of... <laughs> the zealousness. <laughs> well, uh, and a part of me also... I was thinking of this earlier today. I was like, you know, I don't know if I'd like Paul. I hate to have to say it, but <laughs> you see other people in the in the uh, Bible and stuff, and you're thinking, yeah, you know, I mean, like Jesus, right? Even though Jesus slung some stuff out there, you know, at people, and he said some things that were hard to understand, you're like, hey, yeah, I could hang with Jesus. Jesus was a fun guy, you know. He went to parties, he had dinner parties, he talked with people. You know, he went to weddings, he had fun. So you're like, yeah, I can hang with him. But you read about Paul and you're like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> Why? You're just not much fun, Paul, okay? I just don't. But, I mean, you're right as far as as soon as he believed it, he was telling everybody, you know, because he uh, he got prayed for by Ananias and he was baptized immediately. He was baptized. He was uh, fasting for three days. Well, he was baptized before he ever ate. He was like, okay, I believe the scales have fallen off my eyes. I'm getting baptized now. It's happening now. And then he ate, and he regained strength. And then immediately he's in Damascus preaching the word to, uh, to those in Damascus. And he went to the synagogues first. Because even though... He's a chosen instrument to the Gentiles. It's just like what Jesus said when Jesus had his ministry, first to the Jews and then to the Gentiles. So Paul always goes to the synagogue first. And, of course, he ticked him off as soon as he went to the synagogue. Kind of Not like, a very likable person. <laughs> <laughs> mind you, Jesus ticked off people at the synagogue as well. But it was in uh, a peaceful way. <laughs> <laughs> right? Paul's right. not a very That's peaceful kind of person. <laughs> right. 
I liked the way that Jesus takes people off. But Paul, I'm he like, did it in a respectful way. Yeah. <laughs> Paul just killed people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he thought he was doing his job. He's he, he's like all of us. He's, in his mind, he thought he was doing what he was supposed to do. Well, but morally, yeah. And it seems strange to say that, right? It seems like he should have known this was wrong. And yet, we see in the Old Testament multiple times people that uh, you know were idol worshipers or uh, blaspheming God or something like that. Someone who was zealous for God flat out killed them. And that I don't know, you know the Old Testament story of. Uh, I think we talked about it last time. One of uh, Aaron's son, the first priest, you know, someone who was just blatantly disrespecting everybody, bringing some foreign woman into his tent in front of everybody. He just goes and kills both of them. Boom. That's it. Uh, and they're gone. And that stopped a plague, you know. So that, that was honored by God, the fact that he zealously went after these idolaters. Uh, Paul's thinking the same thing. I have to zealously go after these idolaters and protect the way. So I think it's funny too, you talked to, you sort of jumped over it, but uh, when, when Paul's first in Damascus here and he, uh, and he takes everybody off, um, he literally had to escape by getting lowered in a basket <laughs> from the wall. I mean, I, a, a part of it, <laughs> I guess it's kind of funny to think about, you know, we, we talk about standing our ground and doing all that and standing up for Christ, and, and certainly we should, and we do. But when it came down to it, they're like, yeah, Paul, it's not time for you to be dead, all right? If you need to sort of skulk off in the middle of the night and hide your way and let's get you out of here. That's what they did, you know. So, I mean, you standing up for Jesus, even if you have to die for him and all that, and that's what people say, oh, I would die for him and I'd take a bullet. Okay. Okay, right. Yeah, possible. But the hard thing is living for Jesus. The hard thing is doing what he's asking you to do. And sometimes what you got to do is go over the wall in a basket and live another day and preach to the rest of them. I mean, when one of Paul said, no, I'm going to stand my ground right here in the middle of this town and he's dead, then he's not uh, changing the rest he's of the world. He's not useful, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes we got to let go of our pride. Yeah. As I've read some things, that like leaving a town like that was, in a Roman sense, like an embarrassing way to... Uh, to leave your enemy is mm -hmm. to sort of hide like that and go away. I mean, it even sounds odd to us. You're like, you went in a basket? Yeah. I mean, really? Well, and I think that's where we can kind of see what his, his trip to Arabia fit in. In his basket? In the, in the, the <laughs> escaping, I guess, if you will. So right, he was able to continue. Yeah. He, yeah. I mean, we can probably see it in verses 21 and 22, but we can also note that many of God's most used servants have had an Arabian or wilderness experience before being sent out to preach. So 
in Arabia, Saul had an opportunity to meditate on the events that had just taken place in his life, and, you know, especially on the gospel of uh, the grace of God, which he experienced being blinded and then being able to see again. So when he tur- we turned, when he returned to Damascus, he was able to um, confound the Jews in the synagogues, pr- proving that Jesus was, in fact, or is, in fact, the Messiah of Israel. So where's where's the Arabian trip? I missed it. 2021. 20 and 21. In Acts 9? says that he left too. And immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogue, saying he is the Son of God. All who heard him were amazed and said, Is not this the man who made havoc in Jerusalem among those who invoked his name? And has he not come here for the same purpose of bringing them bound before the chief priest? Saul became increasingly more powerful and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Messiah. So we can look into the trip to Arabia. <laughs> it's in this Bible. I, I don't see it. Why is it it's in, in the, my Bible? It's in the commentary. Oh, it's in the commentary. It's that in the commentary. To. We're going to look up that truth. But, but, but what does it say? How does it say? Where does it say? It talks about him going to Arabia. It, Galatians 1.17. Okay. So in Galatians 1.17. Shall we go there? So they were talking about his trip to Arabia in so 21 Paul, and 22. Paul talked about Paul wrote Galatians. Right. So. 117, huh? There we go. Okay. So we'll back up some. We'll back up. We'll look at... <laughs> do what you got to do, because this is all being taken out. David's like, make this since you're being a dang it. jerk. I'm going <laughs> to... I'm just reading it. He's like, like, where does that know what I'm talking that. about? <laughs> They will think I know what I'm talking about. Dang Not it. to mention, you know. If anybody from the podcast Ooh. meets you in real life, they're going to be really surprised to know that you don't have it all together. I That's don't. All you put in here. <laughs> I have said I don't have it all together. I have. But when God, who had set me apart before I was born and called me through his grace, was pleased to reveal his son to me so that I might proclaim him among the Gentiles, I did not confer with any human being nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were already apostles before me, but I went away at once into Arabia. And <laughs> afterwards I returned to Damascus. To Damascus. Low clap for dead. So when he returned to Damascus in verse 22. Galatians 1, 20. Oh, wait, excuse me. Steve, you're messing it up, man. <laughs> Give him some time. He'll get it. He'll get it. Mind you, David has melded Galatians, written by Paul, <laughs> into Acts, <laughs> so that we now know he did. Yes. Even though Acts doesn't mention it. Doesn't yeah. mention it. But he... They were referencing I want to say, the trip to even Arabia. in that, I said Galatians 1, and we can see in Galatians that he left it. But anyway, when so when he returned to Damascus, he was able to prove to the Jews in the synagogues that Jesus is the Messiah of Israel, but that infuriated 
the Jews once again, which we couldn't expect anything less, right? They didn't believe him. They, they didn't even believe Jesus himself. Now they're going to believe Paul or Saul. I keep doing right. that. I'm probably going to keep doing that through this whole episode. Okay. We know but, what you mean. It's um, so it, people they're will not know. Gonna, they're not going to believe a man who persecuted the same people who are were confessing what he's confessing now. So what did they do? They plotted to kill him. They plotted against his life. And that's when he went over the wall in the basket. And that's when he went over the wall in the basket. So we are kind of jumping around a little bit here, but that's okay. Right. But Acts leaves that out, so Galatians fills it in. It does, and it, it does say, you know, we, we do see that, that Saul escaped by being lowered by the basket. How do you think he proved that um, Jesus was the Messiah? I think you're you're about to answer that for us. <laughs> I think it's several things, right? Paul talked about um, so he had doing a, it with power. A side of mm-hmm. his own testimony? So he has his own testimony. He has logic, which Paul uses well, answered uh, prophecies to talk about. But he also talks about um, sharing the gospel with power, the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, seems like there were miracles involved as well that they saw that Paul preached with power. So in this commentary I'm reading here, it says, okay, he says, um, Saul escaped by being lowered by night through a hole in the city wall in a large basket. Do you remember Rahab in Jericho? She lived in the wall Mm -hmm. in a house that was connected to the wall, at least there. And the spies had to let themselves down, I think, on the side of the wall and get away. Hmm. Just reminded me of that. And she hung the ribbon out, you know, on that wall so that her family was saved when they took Jericho. And, of course, she was in the line of Jesus. Just a side side note. Well, and think about this. So when he proved that Jesus is the Messiah, it infuriated them so much that they plotted against his life. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me a truth I don't want to know. But this was somebody that they thought wants to be their their champion. You know, they're they he was He's a turncoat. I mean, what do you do with a turncoat? Sorry. I don't no, know that. No, they did. They say they they they, they referred to it as a, a now he who who was once their champion but now was a uh, an apostate, a, a renegade, a, a turncoat. I don't know the meaning behind that. Turncoat? Yeah, I don't know the analogy. You start fighting for the other side. Oh, backstabber. Got it. There you go. Perfect. So he escaped their plot against his life by being lowered down a wall in a large basket. But they they even refer to it as now... Saul was a broken man, and broken men can endure 
a reproach from Christ's sake or for Christ's sake that others would shun. You know, sorry, I was just thinking of that term broken where we regularly think of it as, oh, we're all broken and we need Jesus to fix us. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, and I think perhaps this is in Paul's case, Jesus has to break people. Oh, yeah. So it's like Jesus broke Paul. Yeah. And he had to get humbled. And he had to, like you were saying earlier, <laughs> depend on people. Each one of us. I yeah. feel like God's had to break down, but not in a negative way. He had to chisel away what we've created to replace it with what he's created. Yeah. Seems very direct with Paul. Yeah, Sometimes for sure. I, I think the world chisels at us before we come to Christ for sure. But yeah, you're, uh, you know, I'm sure you're right. Just like with Paul, there are people that, that Jesus himself has to break them and say, you're stubborn, you're ornery, but you'll be useful in my kingdom. So I'm going to break you and then you'll be my stubborn, ornery person. So what I'm getting out of this is if I'm stubborn, it's okay. As long as you're stubborn for Jesus. Stubborn for there Jesus. There you go. Righteous stubbornness. Hmm. It's like righteous anger. You can be righteously stubborn. You're righteously angry. I'm righteously <laughs> stubborn. <laughs> and I'm righteously patient. Am I a righteous ass? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the same thing, right? Stubborn. Mm, stubborn as a mule. I feel like that's different. <laughs> <laughs> So it's a little different. <laughs> well, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for this week. <laughs> we thank you for joining us. And join us again next week as we continue Paul's journey. God bless. Before we end this episode, I just want to give everybody listening, anybody listening who just doesn't feel that they're right with God or haven't come to God yet, haven't proclaimed Jesus as their Lord and Savior, to just repeat this prayer along with me. So Lord Jesus, I confess my sins and ask for your forgiveness. Please come into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Take complete control of my life and help me walk in your footsteps daily by the power of the Holy Spirit. And thank you, Lord, for your free gift of salvation and for answering my prayers. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name.